hey, buddy. we're back. Um, I'm going to. We don't usually start this quickly with the scriptures, but I'm going to be looking at something from the Book of Job this morning. Oh, Job. Yeah. Okay. And you know, when you look at his friends, mm. you're just like, those guys are the worst. Fellas, like, can you imagine? Hey, fellas, can we talk? If your friend was sitting on a burning heap of nastiness. If you were, if your body was covered in open sores, and you were using and, pottery to scrape them, and in and this and this same dude just lost all of his children and all of his property, and you were like, "Hey, it's probably your fault, bro." I'm not, I'm not comparing Job to a Kentucky football fan. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he made a turn. Nobody oh, saw it coming. Oh god! It usually happens at the end of the episode. <laughs> the Kentucky Wildcats. <gasps> oh gosh. That's that's stuff right there that's bad content. That's not good. Here's here's what I'm saying. There was okay, th- this we're gonna go deep in the weeds of football f- just for a second. Weed it. Um <laughs> there was a drive that Tennessee posted in that game that was like Five and a half minutes long. Which they don't normally do. It's 15 plays. It was 15 plays. 13 of those plays were run plays. And they just... And, and they scored a touchdown. And it was like the 75 yards, 15 plays, 13 run plays, and just eat a touchdown. Kentucky Wildcats defense. I absolutely promise you that whatever the game plan, whatever the offensive scheme, whatever whatever it is that Tennessee is so good at doing this year, that Alex and Josh and the whole team just said in the locker room, hey, with a smile on our face, we're going to do old school like Big Ten football just because the Kentucky Wildcats quarterback went on TV and, oh, said, yeah. and said, well, you know, Tennessee, they don't play real football. They don't like <laughs> – it must not count as a loss, right? Yeah. You know, they're playing real football. <laughs> but I guarantee you that within the scheme of the insanely innovative and gorgeous stuff that Tennessee football is doing on offense, they were just like, hey, let's just throw all of that out the window and just do a 15-play, five-and-a-half-minute drive, 13-run plays, drive it down their throat, mm. and put it in the end zone as quote-unquote real football. And you know we have a our, our Tennessee's quarterback. You know like, you need to be careful about putting you know, public figures on a pedestal. Yeah. I would say everything points to him being a really sweet dude. He he's written a kids book about scripture. Yeah, you're just the like, ABCs of scripture. Yeah, you're like dude, he's so precious. He's yeah. so kind, and he's almost twenty five. So he's yeah. he's a fully fledged adult yeah. with a working brain. But you know he's also. Probably the Heisman frontrunner, if not second in Heisman right no, now. Yeah, he has he has he has most of the. I just of love the idea that this you know probable top five draft pick from Kentucky was running his mouth about how awesome and well they play football, mm-hmm. and here our Heisman possibly winning mm-hmm. quarterback, hopeful hopeful quarterback, basically was probably just like, yeah, I don't mind only throwing the ball twice on a fifteen play drive. That doesn't fine. matter to me at of all. Of course, we just want to win. He's got the humility. He's got the kindness. He'll yeah. he'll just hand the ball off to uh, to Jalen Wright to Jabari Small. Like it, they just were like, yeah, you don't think what we do is real football? Fine, we'll do what you like. 
we'll still put it in the end zone. Still, I, and then, by the way, we'll also do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> We're still going to... Our, our Blitnikoff front-running wide receiver yes. is going to be so open. You could throw it to him four <laughs> times before anybody got there. Literally, I was saying to my, my 16-year-old daughter, Nora, I was like, man, that dude right there is Waffle House. And she... It, she looked at me for a second. And she goes, ah, he's always open. And I was like, yeah, girl, he always open. Man. I like, we love our buddy Austin White, who keeps a very, you know, he's been, he's been pretty level-headed this week. Let, let me be clear. I love Austin White. So much. Like, I, I love. Nobody I love, in his position should still be listening to the podcast. I love him. Does. I love I love his mustache. I love his glasses. I love his hugs. I love his Jordans. I love the uh, Powell Golf mm-hmm. uh, hoodie that I'm wearing right Currently. now in his honor. I love him. Um, the Kentucky Wildcats football team. I'm, I'm, like, I say that to say like there are some Kentucky fans who are currently still saying stupid things. <laughs> Things like I would still rather have Levis any day than him. Oh Hooker. my gosh! Anyway. Thankfully, thankfully Austin's not that guy. No, he's not. That's what I'm saying. He's Dude's precious. Yeah. Do you think we can do this? And uh, here's what I'm saying to you. I will say real quick. 19 minutes. I I really I'm really I don't know if I'm I don't know if impressed is the right word that Austin in his wife's absence took his child to school on picture day in an outfit that she did not deem worthy. She wanted him wearing a Tennessee jersey. He put his child in a Kentucky Wildcats T-shirt, and I think that's not going to go well for him in the land. Why don't you take us to Scripture? What you got for us? We actually are going to be in Job. Job. Oh. Um, I'm not even joking. <laughs> uh, I, and I've already made reference to this. If you don't know the book of Job, um, is it fair to say it's kind of a... Is it fair to say it's kind of a bet between the Lord and Satan? Pharisees? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, here's a, hey, here's one of my dudes. Do what you want. Can't kill him. Do what you want. Yeah, Satan's like, uh, they don't love you because they love you. They love you because you hook them up. Right. And he's like, well, fine. Well, then take everything away from somebody and let's see if they still love me. And I'm not joking. Job is literally sitting on just a pile of rubble. What chapter are we in? We're going to be in 16. You could have guessed it. Right. Could I have? Yeah. Um I I was in I turned to thirty eight. Well you're gonna <laughs> that would have been pretty cool too. I'm 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 like reading a chapter or two of Job before I go to sleep at night, which has been nice. nice. Helpful way to calm the old heartbeat. So, um and there's just this stunning place in Job sixteen. But first of all, here here is this dude, no joke, just like essentially naked covered with sores and boils. He's scraping his skin with his pottery. And here come his friends who don't speak for seven days because they can see how miserable he is. But when they do decide to speak, here's how Job sums it up. I have heard many things like these. You are miserable comforters. All of you. Will your long winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing? He's basically telling his buddies like, Hey, y'all, y'all are so bad. Yeah. being comforting to me when I have lost my entire family, all my cattle, my home, everything I had, every diamond penny is gone. Every servant who loved me, everyone who was close to me is gone. And you are, because they are, if you read through it, you're like, guys, you are so bad. And I'm saying that to say, I think so we've bad. all had moments where we've been in a terrible situation and someone in your life has said something so stupid to try to, and 
bless them. They're trying to do their best and it's just not good. Um, because when you try to explain things that are not going well, it usually doesn't end well. Um, and you say that dude. Yeah, it's rough. Um, so take, take note from Job's friend on how not to behave or act towards a friend who's going through a hard time. Um, but further down is where it just gets, um, what verse 18. This is, this is Job speaking tomorrow. Earth, do not cover my blood. May my cry never be laid to rest. Even now, my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. My intercessor is my friend. As my eyes pour out tears to God, on behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. Wow. I just, I, it just needs to be left there. Yeah. That This was written, Job, the only way I know how to explain it is he knew this to be true in his heart. Somehow, somehow the it's, Lord made this clear to him. Yeah. It's like somehow before Abraham was set apart and taken to the land of Canaan before. Here's this dude in the land of us. Is that right? Yeah. Which like exactly. no one really, it's like where I love Mike Mason has this book called the gospel according to Job. Mm. And one of the chapters is the wizard of us. It's great. Um, like, Dude, like this is this predates Abraham. Like mm. this is old school. This is before the promises. Yes, the before the first promise book of the, the Bible, Messiah. Most people would. Yeah, like say. this is the oldest written. It's like one of the oldest written things. Yeah, definitely the oldest piece of written literature in the Bible. Um, even though it doesn't appear until almost Psalms, but like, and this guy's saying, "Here's some things that I know. Is I know, I know that I have an." I have a witness in heaven. I have an advocate on high. Like somebody who has, who's rooting for me and has my back is on high. I have an intercessor, somebody who comes in between me and my enemy on my behalf. And he's my friend. Mm. My goodness. Yeah. That's incredible. I've read that before and it's always blown me away, but I read it. I read it this time in the shadow of how poorly his earthly friends were doing Mm. as as an advocate for him, as a, you know, as someone who cares about it and loves him, as someone who's there as his eyes pour out tears to God. And he's just saying like, look, this is, y'all are my lot. Y'all are who I've been given. Yeah. You're not doing a great job, but I know that I have a friend, an advocate, a witness, an intercessor, all these just really cool ways to describe Jesus. So, so I have right. him. I have him, and he has me, and he cares about me. He, like, and honestly, like the things you're saying to me, they don't. It just, I don't, I don't care because I have him, and it's, it's. I don't know. I just, it, it always is stunning to me. But I read that in the, on the, in the wake, and just in the, the frame of mind of like, what was it like for Job in the moment? Okay, inexplicable for me. I've, I've gone through hard things, and you know, most people on earth have gone through something that's like, man, this is hard. I would. You, I would never go through that again. I haven't gone through this. I haven't gone oh, through no. what he's gone yeah. through. Um, I, I made the light of it in talking about Kentucky football earlier. Clearly, that was a joke, and I, I probably need to be suspended from the show for four weeks or so. But I just, I, I was looking through it through that lens and saying, like, man, not only is it that bad, but the people who he has left who love him just stick their foot in their mouth time after time. And he had the foresight to think about Jesus. And I just, just, it's just beautiful. It is like, okay, like, all right, let's look at these. 
uh, descriptors he gives mm-hmm. about Jesus. Bring Here we go. On witness, advocate, intercessor. So like a witness, somebody is watching and sees what's happening to me. Um, advocate, somebody speaks on my behalf. Mm-hmm. Intercessor, somebody gets involved. And does things for me. Yeah, and even it's sneaky at the very end. He says, as one pleads for a friend. Yeah, exactly. It's just so cool. It's like these levels of involvement. Like Mm -hmm. somebody sees, somebody speaks, somebody acts. Mm -hmm. And that's that's Jesus, and that's his heart for me. And my intercessor, the one who acts, the one who sees, the one who speaks, the one who acts, is my friend. Mm -hmm. So cool. So cool. That's all that to say. Not only is it comforting for for me to know that's who Jesus is, it's it's helpful for me to strive to be a friend like that in light yeah. of these dudes who are not. Do, when your friends go through a hard time, don't try to explain it to them. Don't don't try to give them some some way of understanding it. Don't don't be a just don't be a jerk like these guys are. Just what if what if this was the stance I took? I was recently with a guy who was face to face with a guy who was explaining to me like just a difficult thing that he's walking through now and um, and how hard it's been and how disappointing and discouraging it's been. And, you know, and I'm, a, I'm his pastor. And at the end of him explaining all of it, I looked at him and said, like, man, I got nothing for you. I'm really sorry. And he said, I'm so thankful that you don't have anything for me. Because if you explained this away, I would know that you've never been through anything like this, mm. and I would stop listening to you. It's <laughs> amazing. Wow, that is insightful. It was cool. So cool. Yeah, I mean, just like, yeah. I love that. Thanks. No, thank you. Thank um, you. Can we go to the book, book of, of Colossians, chapter two? This is my unheralded favorite book in the New Testament, even though Thomas says it's Hebrews. You said Hebrews chapter two. Oh, I did not. <laughs> Colossians, the letter of Paul to the Colossians. There is coming a day in the years where you're going to say, huh, he's right. (laughs) That's the most high school Thomas thing ever. When you're like, I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to catch the receipt. No, no, I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, In Colossians 2, um, it says this. Verse 13, we're going to start in verse 13. Uh, so I was, I have a small group with um, guys in our 40s and um, and maybe a couple folks that are 50 or above, but just guys in our 40s and we just, um, we kind of meet once a month. We have a ludicrously high calorie breakfast and then um, and then talk about a chapter of scripture together and our lives and how they intersect. And it's been a really cool time. But um, we were reading this passage uh, the last time we met, and I want to share it with you now. Um, And there's just something that happened as we were talking about it. So I'm borrowing from one of my friends in that small group. Uh, Verse 13 in Colossians chapter 2 says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. 
And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. All right. So this is going to be a bit of a journey, but I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. Take me there. Strapping in. Um, like he's, he postulates this position, which is that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he was publicly triumphing over his enemies hmm. in the spiritual realm. Now, the thing that's weird about that is in the moments when Jesus was dying on the cross, like for us as believers, as human beings on the earth, and as Jesus, like Jesus' followers at the time, like when he died on the cross, they were like, that's it. It's over. That's the saddest thing that's ever happened. The most innocent person who's ever lived has just been betrayed, arrested, mocked, tortured, punished, and executed in front of our eyes. This is the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. It's the most unjust thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. It's the saddest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. Wow. That's the per perspective of human beings watching that moment. And then, that was Friday afternoon, and then on Sunday morning, he rose from the dead and like triumphed over everything, and he has this brand new life and all this stuff, and everybody's like, wow, you're back. Like, it's, it's on. Like, the whole thing is on. It's all, it's all good. That's not what Paul says. Paul does not say that when he was resurrected from the dead, he triumphed over his enemies. That's not what he says. Mm. He says... And I go back and quote it again. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, not by the resurrection, but by the cross. Hmm. So, so let me try to go through this. What Paul's saying is, there is a system of authority and power that we don't really have access to or we don't really see. In the spiritual realm outside of our vision, there is a, a power, a government, uh, people with authority, um, personalities, like not human beings, like angels, demons, there's all these principalities and powers. Like this, like in other words, folks, there are angels and demons. They yeah. have, there are far more of them than you can possibly imagine they have roles, they have rank, mm. they, have a th they have positions, they have authority, they have responsibilities, they have jobs, they work them, they, it's all that stuff. It's, it's incredibly organized, it's incredibly real. Mm. You don't have access to any of it. But what Paul is saying to the Colossians is, we get fired up about the resurrection of Jesus, because the resurrection of Jesus proved that Jesus is who he says he mm. is. He is who he says he was. He said he would die and raise from the dead. So like he, he proved it by rising from the dead that seals it all. We all like we, we, people saw him eyewitnesses. It's all good. Here's what you need to know in the spiritual realm. The victory was not the resurrection the victory was the cross. Mm. That is funky right there. That is a whole different thing. That is a thing where Paul is saying, like, 
the thing that to us looked like the most humiliating, the most defeating, the worst thing that could have possibly ever happened, the most unjust thing in the world, the most horribly sad thing in the world. That was Jesus's greatest moment of victory. Mm. Wait, not the resurrection? No, not the resurrection. The cross. Wait, but on the cross, he was naked and bleeding and literally like suffocating to death. Yeah. That's what happened. Yes, that's what happened. But on another plane in the spiritual realm, mm. like spiritual authority figures were like, oh crap. Mm. Yeah. He is literally paying for all of the wrong in the world. Right. He's paying for all the sin. He's paying for all the punishment that human beings deserve. Like he's cashing in, he's taking care of it. Yeah. And they all were able to recognize that. Mm. So when it was like, let's get him, let's get him killed. And all of a sudden he's dying and paying and they're like, Oh no. Right. Not only was it, not only was it a victory, not only was it not, just sad. Not only was it a victory, it was like a posterizing dunk. Right. He said he triumphed over them, making a public right. spectacle right, right, of them. Right. Well, it's such a. Oh, it's so cool. Well, like what a what a pitiful existence for the. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when I'm thinking about the invisible world that's going on around, it's already happened. Like. You know how this plays out. They know how it plays out. What a pitiful existence that you just get your jollies from trying to make people have a horrible time. And your jollies. That's how Joe Pinley's described to me before. I don't think I've ever heard you use that phrase. Oh, uh, it's a Joe. It's a Joe thing. That's but a Joe I just, I, I mean, it's like I don't, I don't pity Satan's minions. It's like y'all suck. You're the worst. Yeah, the worst. But also the it's meanest like, people ever. You're continuing to do this in in light of. Well, it's like there's some funky theological things there, but I'm like, man, like this has already happened to you. Like, yeah, you, it's just it's already you've already been made a public, you know, public spectacle. Like it's already been done of you. You knew what happened from do, that moment. Do you remember last uh, NBA season that John Morant dunk? Which one? There was a John Morant dunk that like, oh, man, it was so beautiful. I'll text you a picture after we're done. He dunks violently. Oh, he dunks It's violent. He is amazing. Yeah. But there's this Ja Morant dunk from last NBA season, the, the 2021 NBA season, where like, or maybe the beginning of 2022, where he is just launching himself over a guy's head. And he has like one hand, like his legs are spread, and he has like one hand on the guy's head, and the other hand has the ball in it, and he is just dunking that ball. This wow. is like the death of Jesus. People are standing around weeping because of the humiliation and the horror of what they're seeing. Mm. And yet, what Paul says is yes, but at the exact same time, he was literally like posterizing, dunking on these people, mm. saying, like, You're done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And not not so. only are you done and it's over, like you guys are so hosed. Mm. You're so yeah. defeated. Yeah. It's like it's like that time when Spencer Gallmeyer was a running back at Oak Ridge High School and they beat <laughs> they beat Farragut seventy four to zero. Yeah. At Oak at Blankenship. It was it was sad. Mm. It was like we need to stop scoring. But they literally were just like, we're just running the ball. And Spencer, like, no one could take him down. 
That's what Jesus was doing on the cross. Wow. It looked sad. It looked humiliating. It was sad. It was humiliating. And yet, not the resurrection, right. but the cross yeah. was a posterizing dunk. And they thought they won, which makes it even oh more gosh. sad. It's just like, y'all thought you had him. And he was just going over the top. Boom. It's beautiful. Yeah. And here's the, here's the really, really cool thing about that for us. Mm is for us what that means is i'll never be in trouble again yeah i'll never be separated from jesus Mm. ever again yeah he completely won Mm. and we're so completely good yeah that's awesome he loves me me church man that's awesome he's happy with me Mm. he's not disappointed in me Mm. and we're good yeah i'm paid for wow i'm good i love it it's beautiful Mm. thank you yeah. Thanks for I mean, that. it's like, it's even like the posterizing dunk that he did on the unseen world is even worse Gosh. than the 44 Hold to 6 drubbing <sighs> of the Kentucky Wildcats. Scratch him. <laughs> or don't. Yeah, or just don't just, scratch him. Yeah. Just retract your claws him, and just him chill. pat him on the shoulder yeah, just, and let him do whatever <laughs> they want. Yeah. Open a can of tuna and set it on the front porch for him. Happy birthday, Matthew Ruiz. I'm Lee. I'm Thomas. Oh, this has been ancient new. <laughs> this is my father's world. And to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings. The music of the spheres. This is my father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees Of skies and seas Is in the wonders rock This is my father's world the birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their maker's praise This is my father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died shall be
God reigns, let the earth be glad.